0: In Egypt, is like every individual mummified?
1: Uh, like now? No, like um, not everybody. Like the peasants weren't, but there were a lot of mummies. Basically, if you had any sort of social standing, you would be mummified. Oh yeah. So it Wait. wasn't just like pharaohs. It was like the accountants were mummified. You know, like if uh, you had the,
2: like that's the thing is if you had the mummy to uh, the money. The
1: money. Be the money to mummy. <laughs>
2: And during the few moments that we have left, we want to
3: talk right down to that in a language that everybody
0: here can easily understand. Hello. And welcome back to another episode of High Level Casting. I'm Zach, and this week, I will be your tour guide to the ancient city of Hominoptera as we embark on The Mummy.
4: Many men have wasted their lives in the
0: foolish pursuit of Hominoptera. Most have never returned.
1: So, guys, everyone's in a pretty good mood. I am, I am uh, currently suffering from mummy madness. <laughs> well,
0: let's go ahead and I'll say why I chose this movie. I have a, a long history growing up of going and seeing movies with my Being mom. Being mummified and buried <laughs> alive. <laughs> Being I, mummified, I have a long history of watching mummy movies. And, um, I don't know, like the mummy was just one of the ones that I remember the most as a child, like going to see it in theaters. And it's just a really fun adventure film. And I hadn't seen it in a very long time. So, uh, during our, our weeks of doing this, it's popped up as a, as a joke of sorts. And I was just like, no, we're doing the mummy. So I don't know. Has, has everyone seen this film before?
1: Oh, yes. I, I saw this in the theater mm-hmm. as a young yeah. child. And I remember being very scared of this movie, but I would watch it on VHS many times thereafter.
2: This is one of those movies where you like cover your eyes and like the moment you pull them away, it's OK.
1: Exactly. We're back to some kind of goofy joke. And then I rewatched it uh, like literally uh, what a couple of years ago, maybe last year. I got hit with the curse of mummy madness. And for some reason, I just really wanted to rewatch this movie and I did. And I had a blast between then. And now I forgot like half of what happened in the movie. Mm -hmm. So it was like rewatching it all over. You're like watching it for the first time all over again. uh, When I just watched it for this, for this recording i
0: know jeremy's mentioned he's seen it about 17 times uh as a rough low estimate yeah it was one of those
2: yeah it was one of those movies that was just always on in my house you know Mm -hmm. like that's just on in the background and i did see it in theaters too but uh there's definitely a uh, i haven't seen it in a while so there's definitely a dividing line between like pre-anthropology jeremy watching this movie (laughs) a bunch and then post-anthropology jeremy like coming back and being like yeah yeah you get some eyebrow razors Uh, (laughs) like oh boy it's like pulling back the curtain to just like or, or even like pulling up the wallpaper and just seeing a bunch of cockroaches and you're like oh no Like I'm just going to push that back down and
1: we're going to pretend that
2: that's not there because this is a fun house. This isn't filled with dark bugs. This is a wacky
1: fun house of tense racial situations.
2: Uh, My my little uh, gag sentence is, um, The Mummy 1999 does a really great job of restoring the aesthetic of the early 1920s as well as the early race relations of the 1920s.
1: Previously on High Level Casting, in our discussion of the film Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire. I detailed, in describing the um, casually misogynistic actions of the protagonist of that film, I brought up a perhaps fictional Golden Age Western where John Wayne or some other cowboy picks up a woman kicking and screaming and throws her in a barn to keep Mm -hmm. her safe. Little did I know that actually I had translated that from the Mummy, nineteen ninety nine, where that happens almost part by part. I. It's <laughs> very that funny that, like that a, you mentioned a, that. like a, a cute, quirky moment between uh, between two two love interests. You the know? moment
0: that that scene happened, I was just laughing myself because I was like, "This is literally the like the <laughs> scene the that scenario. Ethan was portraying." Yep. Um, he, didn't, he didn't
1: smack but, her. That's good. <laughs>
0: before yeah. we go too far, but uh, we haven't heard from from Holly. Holly, have you seen this movie before? Uh, 15 minutes ago
5: you know it's it's possible that i have but uh if that's the case i have
0: put you in the no column that's great
5: forgotten it and you know after watching it what's not to love we've got brown face we've got active colonialism we've got unflattering <laughs> depictions of middle eastern people we have like
0: misogynistic views right? misogyny
5: yeah we've got uh, to- toxic, masculinity. Toxic, toxic
1: masculinity toxic masculinity presented archaic as
5: presentations <laughs> of of egyptians there's just it's really got it all and it's got a <laughs> i you
0: know <laughs> i, I was watching together. it for the second time today polly and i was like you know what I bet Holly's gonna have some real fun things to say about this. Oh, like no. after I I watched it the first time uh, like a week or two ago, and I was just like, "That was like okay." I haven't seen this in ten years, and then I watched it again today. Oh, damn! And I you was watched like, it? You watched it two weeks ago? And today. I watched it two and a half times actually already. I started yeah, it. And you got that with, mummy, right. and I felt I fell asleep two and a half but, mummy. <laughs> but um, and then finally, Doug, what? Oh, uh, do you have do you have any history with the film?
4: Uh, so this was a movie, I, I don't think I actually saw it in its entirety from beginning to end until like probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's been very recent, but it's one of those movies that I saw bits and pieces of several times on repeat on like tbs or tnt sure it was it was one of those things it probably like, had
0: its run on daytime television
4: yeah after after its heyday mm-hmm. I, can oh, yeah, sure. I can see that for sure
0: i could see that
2: i do uh, want to uh take a moment and review uh, read a review from the, the one the only roger ebert gave the film three out of four stars writing there is hardly a thing i can say in its favor except that i was cheered by nearly every minute of it I cannot argue for the script, the direction, the acting, or even the mummy, but I can say that I was not bored and sometimes I was unreasonably pleased.
0: <laughs> that, you know,
1: it is pretty amazing because yeah, it's like, I don't know why it's a bad movie. movie, but it was fun, I guess.
2: Right, I think it's it hinges purely on the charisma of the actors and actresses themselves. I feel
1: like I feel like they there's a lot of things.
0: Well. You know, it's it's a, a big pot of of things. It just they got the recipe just right, even though the individual ingredient ingredients ingredients uh, <laughs> even though the individual ingredients may have been spoiled um, or not diced correctly when they were supposed to be julienned, You know, they ultimately got a real nice stew going and you know, you can't really argue with that.
5: Yeah, it's sort of yep. like uh it's like like a jungle juice that you get in a frat house that's like served to you out of a big plastic bin that was clearly it used to be under somebody's bed, and they serve <laughs> it to you with like some kind of improvisational ladle, and you're like, I don't know what's in this, but probably like Mr. Boston or some other horrible liquid that you should never put in your body, and then you put it in your body and you're like, hmm, I'm gonna regret this later. But then for <laughs> there's like a very small 10 to 15 minute window where you're like, whoa.
0: Can you? Can uh, we yeah. appreciate
2: for a second how regional uh, Mr. Boston
0: must be? <laughs> I, I <laughs> have to ask, Excuse what you? is Mr. Boston? Because oh, I have
2: guys.
1: never heard of of this. It's- we are putting Cobra in that shit. Little
4: mad now, fit it. Whatever's under the kitchen sink.
5: Mr. Boston yeah. is a is a label of. Bottom shelf alcohol mm-hmm. that you can. Basement practice.
1: shelf. <laughs> yeah, Boston. Boston. I, I, actually know the basement
4: Boston, like drink recipe book, like a little book, <laughs> oh, no. but that book doesn't look, that doesn't look bottom shelf. That looks like a top shelf book. Oh
5: Fair enough. I mean, maybe I'm conflating Mr. Boston with something else.
4: I assume
1: Mr. Boston. Yeah. Apologies to Mr. It, Boston. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Apologies Boston to
2: Boston
0: Mr. Boston,
5: Mr. Boston, and
0: Mr. Boston, Mr. Um, Boston, you know, we've got nothing against uh, what you're bringing to the table, so if you're hearing this, especially if it's and, Mr. Boston, you know, you want, uh, we, we we need sponsorship, you know, we will we'll gladly <laughs> be the face of Mr. I Boston. Know, I will gladly
2: know? drink a handle of Mr. Boston <laughs> if it's this okay, pop, upon Boston Googling
5: Boston. Mr. Boston, the top three results, uh, one of them is from a blog series called Drinking the Bottom Shelf.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> so That's I think I'm correct. Much like this podcast. I retract <laughs> my apology exactly. to Mr. Boston and the Boston family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not averse to having a good time, to enjoying a classic beverage. So uh, let's talk. So, let's, so, so <laughs> uh, yeah, the mummy. <laughs>
0: Nineteen thirty-two. We're going to get sponsored. (laughs) Yeah. So um, the mummy. I guess I'll let me hit us with a little uh, back of the box here. So for the mummy, as we said, it is actually the nineteen ninety-nine version. It is because it is the remake of the nineteen thirty-two The Mummy. In this one, we have an English librarian named uh, Evelyn Eve Carnahan uh, who becomes interested in starting an archaeological dig at the ancient city of Hominoptera. She gains the help of Rick O'Connell, Brendan Fraser, after saving him from his death. Uh, What Evelyn and her brother Jonathan and Rick are unaware of is that another group of explorers are interested in the same dig. Unfortunately for everyone, this group ends up by unleashing a curse, which has been laid on the dead High Priest Imhotep. Now the mummy is awake, and it's going to take a lot more than guns to send him
1: back to where
0: he came from.
1: (laughs) <laughs> a lot more than guns. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Ethan, I can tell you're dying guns. to talk. So uh do you Cats. where where you want to set
1: us off, baby? So this movie is uh a harrowing look at the unethical and often immoral practices of uh archaeologists in the early twenty 20- 20th century oh yeah Um, they're
0: just raiders right grave robbers yeah exactly
1: there's a fine line between uh respected antiquarian scholar and rapacious treasure hunter uh and we see that displayed here not only that we also see just say as my colleague jeremy will confer just the horrible mishandling of artifacts
2: there also was just a a vastly different culture about ancient Egyptian artifacts in the early 20th century. Oh yeah. Give a, give a prime example. (laughs) We're
1: actually doing this. Okay. Well, no, no, like (laughs) I I just want to like,
2: because it's like, like not to get into like too far into the weeds, but I think the best example is that mummies themselves are very rare. Now they used to not be They used to not be these be mummies all over the place. They used to be mummies all over the place in Egypt. And the reason there aren't anymore is because they were often sold as remedies that you would eat or apply to wounds and that was and let's
1: make it clear sold by white people to white people this isn't yes. like yeah this was like especially in the Victorian period yeah uh, there was a an egypt craze and yeah they would just grind up mummies there's a joke in the movie about somebody one of the one of the rugged american cowboys says maybe they can grind up a mummy for firewood that actually happened there were so many mummies they would just like burn them That's
0: really a shame. Now, now
1: there's only like three mummies in the world. (laughs) Yeah, sad. Yeah, disappearing species. Uh, One in
5: each white person museum.
2: Yeah, pretty Uh much. Yeah,
1: several in each white person museum.
2: I would, you know, and I'm sure that there's like uh, the the actual mummy curse, like is like a an urban legend or a you know archaeological legend, whatever type of legend. It it is uh, been talked about that it's just like people, you know, counting the hits and ignoring the misses of bad luck, you know, for for you know essentially what is uh, grave robbing under an academic premise and i think honestly that like there's probably some sort of uh, undergrad paper in all of this where like the mummy's curse is really just a manifestation of white guilt for like literally like you know monetizing <laughs> a culture that is not yours
1: <laughs> yeah these tombs were all yeah the tombs of powerful people in in egyptian society and they there were they were the the tombs themselves were covered with incantations, both empowering the dead in the next life, but also warding away anyone from breaking into the tomb. Because even in the time of Egypt, like in Egyptian time it, in antiquity, uh, tomb robbing was a serious thing, right?
2: I mean, yeah, because there was, it was like 2,000 years, even, you know, of like being able to like find a, a treasure cache of sorts, right? Would have mm-hmm. been useful for anybody in 1000 BC that would be like 2,000 years removed from like the first ancient peoples, right? So the, the breadth of time that all of this scopes and how much you know, how much distance there is between generations and cultures and, like, civilizations that have, like, raised and fallen along the Nile and how vastly different they all are from one another. It's really, like, that in itself is fascinating. But, yeah, then you have uh, uh, the Indiana Jones problem, right, on top of all of this. Just like, hey. for some
1: reason, archaeology is presented as a a romantic and daring adventure when really it's a bunch of... uh, Not as bad as, like... Uh, cultural anthropologists, but a bunch of nerds somewhere in the desert drinking beer out of a drinking Mister Boston out of a cooler, and and, was and actively, yeah. sifting through sand. So yeah. and so sifting
5: my- through the remains of of ancient peoples who desperately wanted to stay buried.
1: Oh uh, well, right. emo did not well, want. <laughs> emo oh, probably expected. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, nah, like, let me out. Um,
2: but no, like. Uh, one last thing about, you know, just kind of archaeology and having gone through that, like, academic program, um, when considering my own focuses, you know, like, everybody thinks about trying to be the classic romantic Egyptologist and, like, every program in, in America uh, worth its salt now is just like, no, don't. They got Egyptians. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like
1: you, don't, you don't do that. And any program, because there's, like, field schools and stuff in Egypt, and it's all, like, a cash cow for rich young kids to go and like play pretend in the desert for a while. This is the same for like ancient Greek and Roman stuff. Like you're not going to become an Egyptian an Egyptologist anymore, <laughs> you know? Well, not to run away from this realistic,
0: not movie related, but no, shit, but we can arguing. pull it back but, to the movie um, for sure. Well, I well, thought, no, this I wanted to, I just wanted to propose film. a question. <laughs> I wanted to propose a question. So you, you started all this Ethan by saying um, uh-huh. what the movie does poorly do you do you have anything that you think it does well in regards oh, yeah. to this like oh this lens that you guys are
1: analyzing in in in, in reference to the the science Uh, um, so yeah mummies are afraid of or cats. just like general and representation
0: is... of like i don't know like they're talking a lot about like lore I think, and stuff i think film, honestly but i don't know
2: well like What's interesting about the film is that I think it's a decent representation of
1: 1920s. It is. It is. That, I would say that. Like, And you wouldn't expect it because, yeah, a bunch of like... The guy that really sells it for me is the bit character who is like a British man with an umbrella who's very sexist and racist Come later on. But he like... That is what archaeology was in this time period and definitely in the 19th century was literally like a rich academic – like a like an Oxford scholar would hire a band of pirates essentially right. to go dig up treasures.
2: After um, likely bribing the local yeah. like, government. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Um, you know,
2: that's how they got in is like they would like – because the local government doesn't – at, at the time was looking for like any sort of, you know, like monetary gain yeah. for it's own it was like, like, we're going to do reasons. Needs and purposes yeah. in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so like you, the, you have this guy coming to you that's going to give you like a decent sum to go dig up something that you don't care about. You know, there's a whole like history of how the exchange among these communities, like they really want to like, if only like we could have dialed back and like not have done that and you know this is why repatriation is so freaking important and uh you know british museum still doesn't want to do it and also there's still like i don't know there's a whole reason why a lot of this egyptian culture and other cultures have not been given back to folks but that's a whole other podcast yeah
1: the reason archaeology is seen as a like a swashbuckling adventure is because it did have its roots in like literal yeah. piracy mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. piracy in the sand and not the high seas yeah archaeologists and their cohort of brigands would go and shoot each other in the, the desert traps over... are there for a reason because you are
0: robbing you
1: know right well yeah <laughs> i mean anyway. i wish there
2: probably were more traps let's be honest but uh most often like if there if there was a legit curse it was probably like getting exposed to like thousand year old bacteria that would like like mess you up or or just or like
1: yeah a, a poor ventilation shaft collapsing mm.
5: yeah just like smothering in a in a tomb <laughs> that hasn't had air in it for hundreds of years
1: yeah it gets, it gets musty in there and the yeah curse. uh ventilation is a bit of an issue but it didn't didn't matter if you're dead yeah 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 especially well, if you're
2: undead <laughs> yeah Let's talk oh. about the positives of the movie itself then no. because we
1: talked about like <laughs> – We talked fu- about vaguely about the up. historical situation. Right. We love talking about how movies are fucked up.
0: Yeah, you know, we just we, – we talk about what's on our mind, you know? And, and I will um, say
1: – so yeah, as a kid watching this movie, you know, this is something we should keep in mind as, as mostly grown people. Like children do not have a good frame of reference for anything – they don't have the the, the <laughs> yeah. their, their brains have not developed enough to be able to distinguish between things like I remember watching this movie and taking it very, very seriously. And I was afraid of the movie because there's horror elements to it. And it was scary. And I just like I saw it as as serious a movie as I don't know, like Braveheart or something. And so, Star Wars.
2: Honestly, that
1: yeah, of this Star is, Wars. This yeah. is very
2: much like a uh like a hero's journey
1: kind of film. You know, Rather absolutely. Look at, I I I felt in the time that this movie carried the same seriousness and gravitas as as a ser like a dramatic movie. Coming back and watching it now, you realize that it's literally it's not jokes, but like I would say, gags and antics. From the start of the movie to the end,
0: You can't <laughs> help but smile. I feel like there were lots a quirky of quirky where I'm just,
2: and like, I liked I'm just it a lot. like, that was, you know, the comedy was, is well written,
1: like yeah. amongst the, the yeah. various actors, and it's the delivery is really good. It's not like a wisecracking current Marvel era, like mm-hmm. breaking the fourth wall type thing. It is all through, you know, physical. Well, I think comedy it starts, or, I
0: think it starts in a rooted appreciation characters. of the original movie. And um, just trying to honor it in certain ways, and and recreate it for in their own Jeremy, way. Jeremy, like,
1: you watched the original Boris Karloff's The Mummy. Would you say it it? It's, Would you say it's a a one hundred percent gag riot?
2: <laughs> the original Boris Karloff's, <laughs> Karloff's The Mummy.
1: Give me a thirty second breakdown of the original. I've never seen it except I've for, never seen it. Uh, it's seventy
2: I've, minutes long. It's all about like existential dread. And fear of the <laughs> unknown. Uh, it is much more of a horror film in that, like you know, it is the idea of stumbling upon. A, and I think, like what the original Mummy has going for it, where the newer one like takes it kind of in this light-hearted tone, is that mm-hmm. it's the idea of like stumbling upon like an ancient culture that you uh, has power it's very Eldritch, right? It has power that right, you right, do right. not understand and it will destroy you except by the end of it, uh, mm-hmm. the mummy is defeated. Um, gotcha. But it's not defeated that this is, what's really cool. This is why I actually really like the mummy. Uh, 1932 mm-hmm. is that the mummy is not defeated by man. The mummy is defeated actually by um, the, the woman who is possessed by Amonat, uh, ah, I uh-huh. can't say mm-hmm. it. Uh, um, tsunami, yeah. the woman is possessed by an and she has a change of heart and does not want to uh be with emotep and she realizes oh. that you know she loved him in the past but he has chosen undeath and immortality and that is wrong so she actually uh a bad goes- boyfriend
1: move yeah well sorry. she
2: goes and she prays to um iris isis okay sorry. okay she prays to isis, ISIS. Uh, The goddess Isis, who is the goddess of women, children, life and healing. I looked it up. And as she's praying, Boris Karloff on me, like does like one more bad thing. And then the Isis statue moves and like her like little symbol like glows and like Isis just 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 zaps him down. And so yeah. the, the one get. that save the person that saves the day at the end is the ancient Egyptian goddess of women and children. And yeah. so
1: um, it's really great. And the, and the yeah. lady in this movie, the uh, yeah, it, the, the it, woman who's abducted, yeah, like the, it's
2: in that in that kind of a lot of these old monster movies, they are the monster is you know always an external threat that is ultimately destroyed <laughs> usually by you know a white guy or the the white town right <laughs> yeah and it so,
1: is they're they're low-key anti-immigrant and so you know absolutely society. so uh, like
2: watching this film and seeing you know like kind of the little twist at the end where uh, the evil is banished by the the ancient egyptian goddess it's actually like i was i found mm-hmm. it kind of refreshing
1: but well, uh, would you say, say
5: that in boris karloff's the mummy isis demonstrated girl power
1: oh yes. absolutely girl power they're She's like leaning in uh, yeah, like he's <laughs> like this man. This man has gone too far. Well, yeah, like she's like the no, only man. thing they're dumb girl. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it sucks that the only thing ancient necromantic gods are capable of is audacity.
0: In
2: 2032, which is a mere uh-huh. 11, uh, 11 years away, this movie oh will God. have
1: been 100
2: years old. Uh-huh. So the, oh, that's no. how old oh, the mummy is. And so <laughs> the way these movies end, right, is like uh-huh. you you've been moving the story along for 60 minutes and you have like the 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 dramatic staring, the the suspenseful chords and everything. And the moment that the movie's right Resolution time. Uh, ISIS like statue like glows. Uh, mummy is not, <laughs> like Boris Karloff skeleton. Roll credits. Hell there yeah. aren't there aren't credits. Like it just says the end and then it's over oh. oh. and you're like all so, right great.
1: One commonality we should discuss then in both this one and the 1930s mummy is that the tacit understanding that ancient Egyptian mythology is true, and so like. We should all be preparing our hearts to be weighed against a, a feather in the underworld, lest we be devoured. You know, oh. like is this the implication that the Egyptian afterlife is true? That's um, what I,
2: I always kind of wondered that as a child. You know, because
1: like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's like I was oh, raised is, taking like biblical
2: Christianity literally, right. and I'm like, in this universe, a they're going to remember that time. You know mm-hmm. that. uh, uh, Egypt was attacked by the plagues, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In, well, like the Judaism. 20s. Yeah. is
1: important <laughs> Yeah, here. And
2: then, and then this, uh, the implications of all this is like, yeah, maybe the Egyptians
1: had it right. You know, <laughs> very clearly. They at least had the power to keep people alive or undead forever. Um, so to talk about what this movie does well, I want to compare it to the more recent, uh, the, the first chapter in the <laughs> failed dark universe if you it's guys cinematic. thought this was a review of the mummy nineteen ninety nine, this, this is, is a, actually a review of
0: all the other mummies. And this what is they a did review wrong. of mummies and mummification. <laughs> mm-hmm. We cannot talk about the nineteen ninety nine mummy without discussing all of them. You are correct. So um, the, the under media- wraps,
1: under wraps, <laughs> crisis and representation in mummy media. <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, so but yeah, let's look at it. So the the Tom Cruise mummy, uh, famously with the bad audio trailer. I've never seen it. I've watched reviews of it. I'm never going to see it, but they were trying to make like an epic Avengers style adventure movie. That is also a horror movie. You cannot do that. Like a horror movie, at least the one they try to do, takes itself very seriously, but you can't really take. Also isn't like usually horror also about like isolation. well yeah yeah so it's hard to make a horror adventure movie straight to play it straight um and this movie is weird in that like tom cruise becomes like a goku style egyptian mummy guy at the end it's fucking weird anyway it failed miserably uh and it took it like it took itself very seriously with very ridiculous content and also with like trying to make it an epic adventure
0: the
2: only way to kill a mummy is to
1: be a mummy right Exactly. They teach that in archaeology. Also,
2: also, 1932, the
1: mummy taught us that. Uh, so, um, this movie succeeds, and I see in this movie the – pro. I, I, I described it to Jeremy earlier as a proto-pirates of the Caribbean in the terms of its uh, representation. Like the, I like that. The way that the conflict and drama is presented in that the stakes and the antagonists are – very serious in their threat to the protagonists, but there is like a oh, lighthearted aspect to it. Yeah. The adventure, that being like, there's a lighthearted kind of campy jokey tone to all of it, even when they're facing, you know, certain death, horrible monster. <laughs> like there are very legitimate, like horrifying aspects of this movie that Waves I of think flesh eating bugs. Yeah. Things that have been locked in my brain since I watched it as a child, like they're very scary. However, the protagonists, we can relate to the protagonists to some extent, or look up to them because they're able to face these things with, with uh, bravado and they're able to keep a, keep joking throughout it and things like that. So yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, I think is the movie that really mastered this. It's a movie where it has like simple
0: counters for all of its big issues. Like, when you're dealing with a swarm of flesh eating, uh, mm-hmm. bugs, like just, just jump the onto the pillar away from it. And then, also like,
2: while you're tonally like injecting like a, a romance, right. Like, yeah. This, yeah, like, absolutely. This so, bantery so, romance.
1: Well, both that and the very tragic and seriously taken Imhotep romance. And I'll say that like, I was reading about this movie and the, uh, what's his name? Arnold Vosloo, I think, uh, The actor who played Emotep said that he would only do the role if he could play it like a hundred percent serious. And so I really like that. Uh, You see this also in like Guardians of the Galaxy, an antagonist, like a villain, who is very serious and is like he's living in the world of the film, whereas the characters, the protagonists, are sort of in between that world and our world. Right? They're able to be above the crisis whereas the antagonist is devoted to the the drama of it and i you really know, liked how that played out in this movie
0: i was mentioning before we started that low-key you can really view like look at this from from two angles and it can be like the the main character like the main story is emotep like he it's not yeah. brendan mm-hmm. Fraser. it's it, it's it's emotep uh And although we, we, we do like Brendan Fraser in this movie, but he
1: is, he is a beautiful man. This is a Brendan
5: Fraser stand cast.
1: Yes. He got, he got this film based on the success of, do you remember? uh, Oh shit. George of the jungle. I almost said jungle to jungle. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Different jungle film. (laughs) It was also what Encino man. And like, hold on, hold on tim allen is rick o'connell in the moment <laughs> uh, let that sit with you a little bit
0: um so yeah. the movie the movie opens up back in like while Imhotep is still alive um, i'm not gonna even attempt to say the the year because i do not
1: know it is 2000s bc i think I um, yeah the pyramids of
2: giza would have been built so yeah it would have been around like Like mid two thousands BC. I
1: will say it's looking good, and this was a movie. This was a CG movie, like uh. Wait,
2: I think in in like the actual like script or in its own like trivia, like it's actually like twelve hundred BC. So mm -hmm. it's been like already an extra thousand years on top of the pyramids. Who knows
1: Which, which dynasty is this? This is um. Uh, Middle, Kingdom? Middle what's, uh, Kingdom. What's a what's a thousand
2: ye- a thousand years between friends, guys? Come so on. yeah,
1: the the Sengoku period of <laughs> Egyptian history. <laughs> um, anyway, I will say this is a, this was a CG sort of like uh, one of them ex. I won't say experiment movies, but like a, a visual effects extravaganza movie, right? Where they would, they were experiments. This was
0: really uh, like a movie of like a benchmark of sorts for yeah, exactly. movies during, like it, it set a lot of at the time um, standards of, or not, I don't do right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say standards, but it, it revolutionized. it. They, uh, I was watching some fun stuff uh, behind the scenes of like the people who were doing the CGI and everything. And they they had they brought in someone from this, one of the Star Wars films and like they worked together and everything and they, they it was just some really interesting stuff and but mm-hmm. you're also watching this in 2021 right and they're and from 1999. I will
2: like, say yeah like uh, there are plenty of films that have come out in the past ten years that look worse than this film
0: exactly exactly yeah, it they looks put dated, their but in. it's not bad it's there's not bad. there's there's Abs? some moments of it that sh- that feel like it's dated. Mm-hmm. Um, and just maybe that's not soupy as water. well. I love yeah. that. Soupy water. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. Hey, is water's the, hard to animate. That yeah. I just
2: always in my brain, I always just was like, that's filled with dead people. That's why it looks
1: soupy. Black <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: yeah. look
0: soup. <laughs>
1: uh, I will say um, so. Yeah, I, I said that to say, or like the opening scenes of ancient Egypt. I really like that. I, I, they, think I heard really that they cool. like,
0: I heard that it was like, we need a big opening cgi scene they did right yeah they're establishing
1: which is funny because it shows the beautiful backdrop of like thebes city Mm -hmm. of the living as we're introduced in the film and then it cuts to a shot of the pharaoh i think it's Ramses. i don't know the pharaoh who's like a white guy oh oh yeah yeah the seti the We'll say 70, yep, the
3: first. And uh, it's uh, the first
1: he's, he's a white dude with a sons of anarchy soul patch beard. <laughs> um, and, and so what I'm trying <laughs> to say is, is MC. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's wearing the Reaper. Um, we get the like
4: Pharaohs. That would be a magnificent CG,
1: game. uh, Thebes, And then cut to what looks like the guy who would play a Pharaoh in a Mel Brooks movie. Right. And I love that disconnect. It's so good. Like he's like he's on the chariot and it's like, yeah, this is this is like a joke guy. It,
2: what's funny is like Egypt during say like the like Alexander the Great and after would have been a very um cosmopolitan nation, but not at this time. No way. No way like the the brown face. No. <laughs> not uh, yeah, yeah, we're well,
1: going to we figure out the yeah, it Egypt's representation in media is, yeah. is often highly my,
2: my brain, like, immediately when I'm thinking of all this, because you're, like, countering this against all of the other, like, Egyptian lore you've absorbed over your entire life, and, like, Cleopatra is, like, another very famous Egyptian, and, and she was, I think, and I'm sure I'll get this wrong, but she was of... Not Roman, but I think she's, Greek she's descent. She's a Greek descent. Yeah, she's Greek, Greek descent. descent. And so, like, she was a she's Greek ruler. The, the Ptolemaic dynasty. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you have a Greek ruler over Egypt. So we're getting into the weeds, but, uh, like, it's just, like, I'll pull it back to the movie. Voslo, right? Am I saying yeah. his last name right? Yeah. I believe Voslo. 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 Voslo, Voslo um, he is more compelling and a much better villain than, like, 90% of the Marvel villains
1: like yeah, uh, yeah i i think i would say that for really. sure they give you know sometimes sometimes the they, they, they
0: get too caught up with with the hero mm-hmm. and they don't they don't give any time of day or real effort you know towards towards uh the villain they it, establish, it is yeah. kind of it is kind of funny to me that like he's a villain purely for love well yeah that's like, that, that, like love, he's <laughs> not really like some evil dude yeah he killed a he killed a king like but Whoops. you know he did it for love
2: who he does doesn't kill
1: can- <laughs> Come on, hold on, we're we're jumping the gun because we'll get I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? We're not who we are not going to sit rich. here and analyze. we, we spent a, a long time talking about
0: like real mummies. We're not gonna analyze every individual scene here, but
1: go. We d- need to analyze the next scene, which is Anaxuna Moon's costume. Oh my god! Which is I'm legendary. There. Yeah, <laughs> which which sure? probably made your uncle like giggle in the theater in 1999. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. Got, yeah, he made one giggle in 1999. Yeah.
2: One laugh, that's half grunt, and it's
1: <laughs> all that gold makeup. Which I, I want you to imagine just like sitting down in that you just get gold dust everywhere. I, whenever
0: it, also, like
1: you can't touch mess. anything because you she, can't touch her, anything, her,
0: it's made to smudge. And yeah, then if exactly. it smudges, then she's caught and then she's dead, um, right? But yeah, I, they. Like,
2: all I could think of is like, you know, whenever she says the line, like, my body is no longer his temple. It's like, this is what uh, a studio thought feminism was in 1999.
0: (laughs) So to preface, the way the movie sets it up is that she she is Seti's what? Lover, like, I don't yeah, yeah,
1: his concubine, he, his mistress.
0: It's not like not married or anything. I don't know how if marriage was a thing for pharaohs and whatnot, but it was, uh, it was, but like no one was permitted to touch her. So the outfit was, um, a very form
1: fitting outfit. With it's, uh, it's not um, even form fitting, it's nothing, it's body. <laughs> I looked it up, yeah. it's she, yeah, it literally that was the just, it, it is just. Yeah. It's, uh, uh this movie is rated PG-13 13 13. for uh partial nudity and I can't remember the exact word but it's like a lot of adventure violence. <laughs> I noticed that. I always love noting what the what the the rating is for for movies. This one had a Hit pretty good. Just, one. You, you, I mean, you know, know yeah,
0: because it's, yeah. it's specifically like not you know. There's no bloodshed. There's no. There's um, no there's blood in this
1: movie. Yeah, and they did. There's that no blood in this movie, but the
2: body count is fucking sky. Yeah, high. yeah they, they,
1: they We'll get to it later. I got I got a good we'll get to thing it to say later. So, Emotep and Anaxuna Moon are having a secret love affair against uh, the Pharaoh's wishes. So they conspire to murder the Pharaoh. An act of dark passion, which means uh, moon has to kill herself. But as the leader of the mortuary cult of ancient Egypt, Imhotep will bring her back to life. And so uh, he's got a so, cool posse uh, so a a cool that gold. are also all gold.
0: So as soon as we got some <laughs> yeah, gas going, is. I'm going to pause, uh, put on the brakes. Why did she have to kill herself? I don't understand
1: why. Like that was um, one of the few things. She that is, so, so she hmm. could not be captured and probably yes. like tortured or kid like i guess but like, to have- he, she, she controlled she own he got own out and he lived well yeah that was the point because he is the only one who could complete the ritual seemed- to bring her back so to like she an the unnecessary
0: death i felt like if he could get away she could have got away but that's that's my well, just uh strong opinion
2: i think i think what was what was being attempted in that few seconds of scene was she was trying to take the they're fall they're trying to set up the
0: movie you no know? i understand.
2: You know, and then, you know, (laughs) you don't want to, like, go through mummification alive, right? I'd rather rather stab myself, too. (laughs) So, like, if given the choice. So, So, yeah, um, sure.
0: I cut Ethan off right at her
1: killing herself.
0: And then, like we said, Imhotep gets away, right, Ethan? And then then they go to the ancient city
1: of Hominoptera, city of the dead. (laughs) Where they engage in an unwhole ritual to bring her back, her spirit back from the underworld and back into this world, where they can be together forever. However, they are stopped by the Magi, the pharaoh's bodyguards, who proceed to, and this really fucked me up as a little kid, the scene where they show them mummifying alive all of the funerary cultists. And then they exact upon Imhotep, what is it, the Hamdai? the hom die yep the i, I the always love this it's the darkest the darkest curse in egypt and in, in egyptian mythology so so, so dark it had, it had never been were performed before so i like the idea that like thousands of years ago some dudes are like we're just going to make up something super sick and put it in this book and then and we're also
2: going to give it uh yahweh moses power
1: yeah yeah <laughs> and so Basically, I think what happens is they do some sort of dark magic which keeps him alive so that he could be tortured for a thousand years or for all eternity in a sarcophagus with a bunch of flesh eating scarabs. Um,
0: so yeah, I was I was breaking this down with Jeremy uh bef- before we hit record and it went, it went, it went. and Sorry. um. Cause I just don't understand it. it, And as, as he famously said, Zach, that's a, that's called a plot hole, but I just, I I don't fully understand this curse. Um, so, do you think that so the movie Because he was happen, dead, right? right? He he came back due to this the the words being spoken by the Book of the Dead, not yeah. to yeah. jump ahead or anything. But clearly right. the mummy returns.
1: Um <laughs> the, that's well, a joke. Well, no, that's, that's no, movie no, no number two. No, no. It's it's the a a mummy, the a mummy will return in like 2001. <laughs> <laughs> the mummy but, Yeah, with um, the with the, the the a CGI, the rock. So Hell like, yeah. His,
0: so did do you, do you think that he was kept? Because it's not really very, and this is all just, I'm just
2: gonna I believe, all
1: right, yeah, if we're going to, let's get into it. Let's let's pretend that this lore exists. Yeah. All right. It does, okay. there's a
5: novelization.
1: There's a novelization I've been reading through the Wikipedia, the official okay. mummy wiki. Oh I God. believe he is kept in a prolonged state of undeath. And moreover, the scarabs inside the sarcophagus were kept alive because they were slowly feasting on his body I so
0: was going to be like the the thing out next thing I was going to ask. Do you think that they because it it made it seem like there were two type of scarabs?
4: Well, because doesn't oh. uh, Evie says something about the scarabs could live forever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like yeah, but then she
2: carried something. out some skeletons right out of the casket, and then that's where they were like, <laughs> looks like her boy was. was and this and this is why I find scarabs.
0: so funny because I love I I did not know that quote that you read. uh, from or the review. I'm sorry, not quote the review that you read, Jeremy. But he's just like he he's it's hundred percent right. You're yeah. like, I can't like the writing, I can't applaud it. Yeah, uh, the, you know, like, the moment
2: you you apply any scrutiny to this, like it just completely falls apart. It falls apart. It's, yeah, it, yeah um, you got it.
1: You cannot it is, you cannot think of it as it is I will like never the, not
0: apply scrutiny to any movie that I watch. That is me, that is Zach. Unless Aaron. it is the
2: Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> it is, it
1: is, it is. <laughs> So much like Pirates of the Caribbean is the pieces of eight in that, like locally defined, they do something cool and mysterious. Don't think about it very hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, obviously not, that's like, not the you, point. you enjoy yeah. the movie by just not thinking about it. And, and there um, are obviously, there are, this it. is a <laughs> movie ruined by somebody
2: who asks questions while they watch it.
1: Fast now, forward to 1923. The French foreign <laughs> Legion is embattled at Hamunaptra. Uh, Fighting someone. Fighting a yeah in a very sus scene now fighting horde uh, for, fighting an, an army of of it's Arab one of those soldiers. where you like are they
4: supposed at... to be like
1: Bedouin or yeah they're like Berber they're like an Arab tribe yeah know, that you know
2: now you watch it and you're like I think those guys are the ones that are the good guys right you know exactly
1: <laughs> anyway so yeah we're introduced to our protagonist oh uh, Rick. Yeah, Wikipedia, Rick. Um, Aconine, and you don't remember his character's we're, name. We're introduced to him McConnell. in that he murders like O'Connell. 40 men. Rick O'Connell murders 40 men with a bold action. It was rifle. in self-defense. In, well, yes, in self-defense. Still what, fucked what up. What though. level
2: fighter you think he is for <laughs> this campaign?
1: Well, he's probably a ranger. No, he's, like, a, he's a rogue, baby. He's a swashbuckle. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's, he's probably a ranger. I think you're right. He needs to be no, back. No, no, to no, no.
1: That charisma's got to be high. <laughs> That's what he's
0: got. So Rick so he's is clearly a, a multi class character. At least, at he, least has yeah. levels, he has levels in fighter. He has levels in uh, lots of things.
2: Um, he's got
1: anything he needs to keep this plot going, baby. Right. Um, like five anyway. armor.
2: hmm. I'm saying level eight. That's where I'm landing. Yeah, yeah. probably level eight. It gains at like at least two or it's three. It's such
0: levels a fun right adventure now. movie. I could not it help is. but watch every single scene and just think in. But you can also you can really kind of apply that mental breakdown to a lot of movies. But like it was just like a lot of fun. Just watching. there are movies that like, do it
2: poorly, and there are movies that do it well. And you're though, like, wow, that
4: well. was like a Dex roll
2: right there that he had yeah. it roll. You know, this like, is a
4: better D and D movie than the D and D movie. Absolutely. Oh yeah, well, most
1: most movies <laughs> movie. but goes without saying while they are embattled in this egyptian ruin we realize that oh there's some magic going on there's some ghosty sounds he has to flee through the desert and we go to cairo 1923 and meet uh our uh, good the friend. one
0: one thing i have to point out at that part of the scene is the magic. did you did you speak on the magi watching him over on the, the no, cliff side they're, they're always they're... watching they're oh, always my God, watching, it. and they're like, should we, sh- I think they, don't they ask like, should oh, yeah.
1: we kill him? He's like, no, the desert will do it. The yeah, desert, they're we'll constantly
4: kill them. fucking up in this movie. Oh, right? I will say this, like, they, they should have got him.
1: <laughs> um, and, and run and joke, but you can tell this is a pre-9-11 text, and here's why. And that this movie does not shy away from just, like, the protagonist will kill people wantonly, which is a thing that happened in movies before, like, the mid-2000s. Where they had to like show the morality of the characters. Think of think of the criticism around the Uncharted games where they're like, well, it's a fun game, but damn, Nathan Drake just murders people. <laughs> right? That, yeah, yeah. Nathan that Drake is, has that a is body count. Rick, this is this is Rick in this movie. He kills so many fucking people. And in some cruel, everyone, everyone's got a body count. Evelyn's yeah. got a body count. Mm-hmm. Jonathan sets a guy on fire. Like. <laughs> Everyone's got a body he count. He does Not it and laughs,
4: if I recall.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, he's have. It's like cor- it's almost because there's no <laughs> bloodshed. That it's a yeah, it, like it's the like, a- body count oh. is okay. Like you know,
1: like
2: well, it's funny. It's like they use the same logic for the the fighting mummy scenes where they're fighting endless hordes of of mummies. Uh-huh. You know, like the As- film needs, needs more money mummies, but they they pull it back to the rest of the movie. Right, uh-huh. like everyone's a mummy. It's
1: fine, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and this. this this is what movies were like back then. Compare that to like the Avengers movie or the new Godzilla movie, right? Where we have these giant cosmic threats attacking a city of millions of people, but you never see an innocent person die. Baby. Yeah, like every – the only thing you see are people being rescued by the hero. You never see collateral damage, whereas this movie or the the shitty role Roland Emmerich Godzilla, like people just die everywhere. Um, yeah, And that is early. aesthetic and presentational choice, that changed, huh, because of a certain disastrous moment in American history where a bunch of people died.
2: But anyway, 9-11 aside, plot,
1: I bang,
2: want to flashbang to where they, they resurrect the mummy and let's, <laughs> let's have them, like, hunting yeah. down the Americans one by one. I do enjoy that they mo- openly mock uh, the cowboy Americans. That's fun. Oh, I yeah, love it, yes.
0: Probably as a kid, you don't even you're like americans english like you don't really so but like watching it now you're like oh, <laughs> like
2: they're road doug road. what were you gonna they're, say yeah
4: doug. well that, that was something that i noticed when i was re-watching it last week was uh it's a good what hour and a half before the mummy shows up again yeah
1: it's a lot of setup well the not an hour and a half
4: it's only two hours long it is a um, good right like, but i mean i feel like the the third
5: only act two hours long tight.
0: It's,
1: it's not even
0: no. Yeah, yeah. No, I
1: agree. Uh, a lot of it is set up. It, yeah. it, like it takes a long time getting you to when the Mumsy comes out, Right. And then yeah, because they have to
0: introduce all of the individual characters, um, and then they and they do that the frown on own, Holly's and face then right kill now them off. It's only two hours long.
1: Yeah, so no. let's it's a, it's talk.
0: more than two hours.
1: The last Mumsy. Okay, two the hours last and four momby. minutes. The last momby, Mombi returns. Um, okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> We should introduce the character, at least introduce uh, Evie and Jonathan, our wonderful Victorian cosplayer siblings.
0: So, yeah, so Evie, I love them so Evie much. and Jonathan, as you mentioned, they're siblings. Evie's the librarian. Um, Evie, she Evie,
1: she's a quirky librarian who's very smart and very, like, she's, she's courageous. She's she's wonderful. She's so funny in this movie.
0: I, I really appreciated the uh the scene where she's introduced where she knocks over every <laughs> single uh, bookshelf inside the library. And then pr- proceeds to defend herself um, for mm-hmm. why she should should be there. But I really I really liked it when he um, the it's like curator two comes of work out right there to fix too. Yeah, it's great. It, like the curator comes out and he's like, "Give me plagues, give me locusts." And I was just like, and then when I watched it the second time, he's like, "But just don't give me you." And it's like it's like, oh, well, you you got you got
1: plagues, you you got locusts. Um, oh no, it's a setup. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she's presented as as a, a, a quirky librarian with with a with a thirst for adventure. Her brother and, is an absolute tool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking little dork. Uh he's introduced
0: I, literally laying with a with a mummy yeah, on display. Like he
1: is he is laying in a sarcophagus with a withered desiccated corpse. <laughs>
4: That's dedication of the
1: goof, man. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. There's,
0: there's a there's a prerequisite to join this 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 adventure, and that's that's not being you have afraid to lay the with a mummy. No? no, that's true. He does um. not fear the dead. No, um, no fear of the bones, you know. So
1: yeah, after after <laughs> that's what I put on my <laughs> no fear of the bones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I I noticed that uh, what's his? It's Jonathan, right? Yeah, yeah Jonathan. This, this, this watch through, I realize as I'm like looking at it with my like post anthropology experience, eye that Jonathan has all of the same negative qualities that the warden has, but he is redeemed by the fact that he's British. Like, let's put that out there right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's British and he's like he, he's of means. He has money.
2: Exactly. But he's and still greedy. He's yeah. still a
1: greedy treasure seeker. He he's literally still,
2: almost yeah. dies from the exact same thing, but he has mm. his friends to save him. Right? He's still a drunk. Like, yeah, he's he is
0: like pe- he's the same <laughs> yeah. character. Um, the warden being the uh, the fourth party member who uh, is recruited by uh, basically uh, he has to like, yeah he has to that. be
2: there because they let him out of prison right yeah Q, so because Q. they bribed
0: him with the, with the with the with a percentage of the spoils of their uh victory and he by releasing Brendan Fraser's character from jail.
1: But In jail, uh Rick does a problematic and kisses Evelyn um he does by surprise, problem. which from that point on is what she thinks about for the next like 20 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are definitely scenes here where Brendan Fraser is very toxically masculine, and it's seen as, like, romantically endearing by the female lead of the film. He's seen as, like, a barbaric scoundrel up until he's out of prison and gets a haircut and a shave. And, and a, dresses a, nicely. And, and a then cool her shirt that he's world. got the two top buttons open. Yeah. yeah.
5: I think this is an interesting comparison that we're drawing of the ways that the prison warden is sort of encapsulates all of the characteristics that a lot of the other white characters in this movie also encapsulate but they're all presented on him like the only brown mm-hmm. member of the party um as as being inherently negative. So he's like constantly described as smelling bad. He's greedy. Yeah,
1: that one's
0: lecherous. (laughs) Um, At one point, describe a camel and then show him doing the exact same things that mm -hmm. the camel was being described. Um, It was
1: pretty fucking
0: rough. Yeah. Yeah. There were I
2: went through the the cast uh, out of curiosity and and looked at their backgrounds. And there were uh, in the top billing cast of note, there were three non-British or American actors, or at least there were the rest. Most of them were British, but they had various uh, heritages. The uh, chief librarian, Eric Ivari. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, uh, he was born in India. Yeah, he's, um, he's definitely Indian. And then you have the guy who has the the mummy uh, namesake, Ardith Bey, the leader of the Majai. He's actually Israeli. And then you have uh, the warden, uh, Omid Jawali. Omid Jawali. He is of Persian uh, descent, uh, but he's also British. So he's like, uh, looking into his background, he's a British comedian of Persian mm. descent. And so like, regionally, none of them are <laughs> Egyptian, right? But I would say, you know, if we're drawing lines on a map, he's, Cl- well, you know, Israeli, but like one of the closer heritages, and he's treated the worst in the cast. Fun! Anyway. Um, and then he
5: dies. Immediately. World-
1: he, he dies, he, he, yeah. he dies a gruesome, die. horrible death. And I will Probably say later, later on when we see the rival uh, treasure hunting team of Americans and a, like, uh, an Egyptologist who I believe is supposed to be British, but he's constantly smoking a pipe and carrying an umbrella. And is presented as both very sexist. Uh, the, one of the way they are villainized is that they casually use the hired local excavators to open up mm-hmm. a tomb, which then sends out a cloud of acid, which melts them. And I'm all trying to say that all of the other excavators
5: like, also die in horrible yeah, ways. In that horrible the white ways. protagonists escape easily. Right? Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, well, I was saying they're using that because moment
0: so like, from, from like, my perspective, but, but that's why they're there. You know, uh, that's why they right. hire. Right. Well, they're
5: just not treated like people. They're disposable. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Nope. The, that's exactly. Yeah. And yeah. the only reason our other group does not do that is that they don't have a team of a team of excavators to do that for. Yeah, they don't have the coin. Like, it. it's presented as a thing that is supposed to justify the deaths of. Right. These, these like throwaway characters. If you're going to introduce, yeah,
2: and this is like, like basic horror slash, you know, like uh, violent death action movie 101. Like, if you're going to introduce characters that the audience is going to connect to, you have to kind of justify their deaths if you want their deaths to not be mourned. Right. Unless you want a death to like be mourned, then it's like, you know, it's the unjustified death. Like, it's the sacrifice. Right. Um, But if you're going to have like these people be like, sacrificed to the mummy in succession to make that an easier pill to swallow for the audience you have to give them some uh irredeemable qualities and using people as tools uh is definitely one of them but like you mentioned if our if our heroes had the beans they'd have done it too so yeah, they the, had some um,
5: cash and i think the... also it's worth noting that like when we're talking about sort of like which characters are disposable and which characters are treated like shit and how like certain characters have to be disposable in order for, you know, deaths to be experienced that the audience doesn't mourn. Um, You know, when we're thinking, I think that like, I don't know, I have complicated feelings about like representation and like ways in which representation is like bunk and it doesn't, you know, do anything structurally. But I do think that like, if you are a little brown child watching this movie and every Mm. brown character in this movie is like presented as like a horrible criminal who's lecherous and gross and deserves to die Mm -hmm. or like a disposable slave that gets eaten alive on camera so that you don't have to see the protagonist do it. Like that seems fucked up. (laughs) That seems like a movie that certain percentages of, a child audience in 1999 would remember fondly and certain percentages uh, would not.
2: And uh, yeah. And that goes back would to agree, being yeah. like a, a pre nine 11 movie for sure. And not just because of like, you know, the act of nine 11 itself, but that the only real like racism in recent memory that America had like processed and it's still processing, but the only one in the public eye was, you know, you know, black racism, right. African-American, but like it was, outside of the purview of main cinema to even engage with, uh, middle Eastern racism in that, like, I don't know, like, and this is like, I'm speaking broadly, but like, you're talking about the zeitgeist of the times, whereas in, you know, post 2001 now, all of a sudden, everything's that focus. Whereas in 1980s, 1990s, a lot of these films aren't focusing on the middle East They're They were focusing on Vietnam. They were focusing on a variety of other places but even with the first goal for, like, it was a lot of, I, and I'm starting to think about this now, a lot of the films from the 90s that involved, like, Iraq, like, a lot of them were done with this weird kind of comedy to them. There was no gravity. There was no, you know, there wasn't, they weren't seen as people is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, the 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 zeitgeist hadn't even begun to conceive of a conscience of engaging with these groups As humans, and maybe we shouldn't treat them as disposable. Whereas like, because of the, uh, like protests that were in, you know, like, and the movements that were in the American eye at the time, you know, America was forced in the zeitgeist of the seventies, eighties, nineties, and so on to deal with like a different type of racism. Right. Even though there's all sorts of them, but uh, just my thought of, like, why the hell in this film are is it just so easily disposable and just so, like, laughed off so easily in 1999? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, five years later, like, you're going to have films like The Hurt Locker, right? And you're going to have films that are, like, you know, that are still entirely prob- problematic, but they're based in the idea of engaging with people as people, even if you see them as, I don't know, lesser uh, in the in the racism of the times but like i don't know i'm starting to ramble i got a bit of a buzz going on this would not have happened if this was set in i don't i don't think the same type of film would have been made if this was like a purely like african culture right with like like well, it is african it's like egyptian but i'm talking like if all of the characters were black would this have been made the same way and i don't think it would have in 1999 is my point
1: yeah i About think i them. would agree i think yeah that discourse was not considered salient for like a big budget blockbuster movie certainly these things are like these issues of representation are very important but they were not things that were reflected on by these production companies and by the there, there are things
0: reviews. that um I, I mean i can't speak on behalf of like a producer or a director or anything like that but as just someone who watches and you know gets this content you know uh unless you're predisposed to like that information or that that site to like what you're trying to look for if you're not knowledgeable then you don't really know what you're what to look for. Right. You're not going to
4: notice the,
2: like, so as someone,
0: as myself, who like is only just recently, like Mm -hmm. has been more cognizant of this stuff. Like I never would have broken down, um, Mm -hmm. the mummy in, you would have seen it from a
2: very purely like, yeah. Cinematic, like face value, baby. Hedonistic face value. This is, this is for me, a film for me to enjoy. mm -hmm. And if I didn't enjoy it, that's, what's the problem. Right. mm -hmm. and, I don't know. I think
0: there's. That's how think, I've watched movies for a very long time.
2: Um, I think this is one of the one of the strengths of being able to go back and look at movies from these various decades because we see how they engage with people or how they mm-hmm. don't, you know. And so,
0: because um, to be honest, I don't think I even caught, or maybe I just I don't I don't I don't have an excuse, I guess, really. But um, like, I didn't even notice that the uh, Seti, the actor for Seti that you guys were mentioning, was indeed white, like, and you know what that means. Like I just, I, I, it's cause he's only in, this, in the movie for, but a scene, you know, and um, kind of a throwaway character cause he gets killed. But uh, I, I, I just, I didn't catch that. So that was really interesting. I knew walking into this movie that I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to have a lot of structure for this, for this oh, no, uh, episode, because I knew that what I would want to talk about, would be drastically different than and not necessarily saying that this is what we are are bound to, to discuss on what we've talked so far. But I knew it was, I was going to get a, a very interesting uh, set of opinions on and and different archaeologically point of views and everything. Uh, so it's it's been it's been very interesting hearing hearing some of the things that you guys are talking about.
2: What's interesting too, I think, because I did watch the uh, 1932 Mummy like right before uh, watching the uh, 1999 one. And watching the 1932 one first, and it had been a while since I seen Frasier Mummy, there is definitely, definitely a moment of blackface in it. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, well, there you go. But then at the same time in my brain, I'm like, it's 1932, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then that film ends... You deal with the, the culture that produced it at the time. Cool. And I, I ended that and I, I turned on 1999 uh, Frasier Mummy. And I was like, ah, fuck. Like, basically, as I see the amount of, you know, like, you know, white people, uh, not just cast in, you know, Wouldn't. Egyptian roles, but then people that were you like, especially in the Cairo scenes, you have mm-hmm. a lot of people that are definitely not Egyptian in makeup. You know, like suffering from the plague, and so uh, there's a lot of really interesting cringy. So, moments is there
0: that- technical brownface, or is it like whitewashing that we experience in this? I movie? think there both. is
5: brownface. The character who plays Imhotep is white, and mm-hmm. the character who plays uh, Benny is also white.
0: But isn't um, Aren't Arnold's just really tan. Did they, did I
4: don't think he's that tan, and you don't think he's that alive. tan? No, like no, uh, he's a white dude. Yeah, he's South African. I think.
5: There's like brown face that's like literally painting your face, right. and then there's brown face that's like a white character playing a light skinned character from a brown culture,
0: right? Regardless, is, so of that's, that was tan my that was my question. So is it like is it because to me, like what you just described is in my mind the definition of whitewashing. But um, I maybe maybe I have maybe there's more. There's it's a broader.
5: I think my understanding of whitewashing is. To me, the difference is, like, whitewashing is when you take I guess cultural take components, and... put it on a white person, but everyone understands that that's a white person. So, like,
0: mm-hmm. mm. when, not, when not the Kardashians like still wear to black hairstyles,
5: like, yeah. that's whitewash. Well, I guess it's blackfishing. There's, like, a whole new word for that now. But, like, oh, oh, wow. when, there's, when there's, you know, white individuals or, like, white characters who are clearly presented as white but, like, are... My like participating top, in cultures that don't I belong of to them. Think a good
2: example
0: of that. The top example for me is um Scarlett Johansson in Yeah, um, oh right, right. Um, Ghost in uh, the uh, Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Yes. Oh, uh, where it's <laughs> a very clearly an Asian uh, role. And they just cast a white woman in it instead. And just pretend that and, that's and how it's it was just and to it's be. just that's just it. So it's not yeah, but I guess I, in that specific situation, it's not her still trying to play like the character is an is an Asian woman, um, and she's obviously a white woman. Whereas in what we're experiencing here, what you're explaining to me is that we have white people clearly trying to play play brown egyptians uh, egyptians yeah um so i guess that is yeah so like that, rewriting that's the, an asian
5: character to be white would be whitewashing, that's whitewashing and, and taking a too. white character and having them play an egyptian is brown face yep.
3: <laughs>
2: i think no. that's my
5: understanding of those yep. concepts
2: no i think it, and i think it's good to delineate between the two you know just so you, i don't know you know it when you see it you think there could be a minimized problematic version of the mummy you think it could be even pulled off at all is my question
1: um, right now? Like, if you're specifically looking at, could they redo right an adventure movie in this time period with the same sort of social and political dynamic? I think right now they wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. Right. I think uh, you could do it certainly, um, and you could focus. It makes on me wonder also why the problematizing the Tom mummy failed. You know. Well, well, see the Tom Cruise mummy was mostly depoliticized well it wasn't because it it takes place in current year and so part of it is they're in like a war-torn middle eastern area doing excavation yeah right so it's like modernized in that i mean that's still like
2: egypt after the revolution you know (laughs) like right yeah
1: yeah it's still (laughs) yeah right that right now it is a or in the 20s This was an area of a lot of political strife and Mm -hmm. upheaval. Um, I do wonder
5: if, like, if the premise of the movie is like, if the crux of the movie fundamentally has to do with like grave robbing, like, Uh maybe there isn't. I think that the only way that you could do it is. If you if you made it into sort of like a Killmonger narrative from Black Panther, where it
1: yeah, that's what a I was going to say. Focused. And I wonder if the I don't think the new mummy. Damn, does I feel that. like
2: we should be t- saving this for the end. You know, but like, using good-
1: like <laughs> like it was alluded to using the mummy's curse as like a very awkwardly shoehorned right. anti-colonial narrative. Right. <laughs> that that would be, I think. Really awkward and bad to do in a movie, but yeah, I think I it would think make a bad
2: movie. But that's like, what they could would do. do it. Yeah, that's right. definitely
1: what they would do in this context. I think. Like, I think
2: if I think if 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 it was going to be done, like Egyptians would have to make it. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, well, actually, no. If it would be done in the current climate, they'd have like one Egyptian person on the screenwriting team, and then the director would be white, producers would be white, <laughs> uh, the cast would be. A mix of actors but like everyone making the movie i do like, like the
2: idea like how, and you, it would be
1: marketed as like a very diverse movie right like a like a certain movie that just came out uh, from disney
2: right Woof. i think just kind of the the fictional like idea of the monster the mummy i think is a very monster of its time and i wonder if it will if it will even be a canon monster in like 100 <laughs> years
1: funny because mummy like mummy is kind of a, a lame villain i guess
2: he, he is like as far <laughs> he, as like what his powers are if you're not giving him god powers right
1: that said i, I love him i like i love <laughs> i the, love the you love the aesthetic, of, aesthetic? Like, the ancient yeah.
0: curse i personally when thinking about mummies i just love to reflect on uh kevin's character in the office when he realizes that mummies are real and that they reside <laughs> inside, uh, museums. Right. And he's just like, who would put, Ooh. because he's clearly thinking that all mummies are the mummy.
1: And, uh, he's like, <laughs> right. who would put a well, mummy
0: in a museum?
1: I will <laughs> recount my childhood, uh, traumatic experience. Sure. Um, Hit us. when I was four or five years old, I was visiting family and I was at my my grandma's house and the sci-fi channel was on. I I can't remember if it was the sci-fi channel showing the original mummy movie or it was uh, like a a document, like a discovery channel documentary about mummies, but they showed scenes from the old mummy movie with like scary, spooky mummy coming out. And it scared me. It scared the bejesus out of me. Just like a, a, mummy coming out of a a tomb very next day we went to the old natural history museum to the mummy section where there are mummies all over the place and it i was fucking terrified that i was going to get nabbed by the mummy and so that has boiled in my conscience for for 20 you know i don't i don't
0: think i was um ever scared of this movie growing up
1: i was i was scared of bugs I was scared of the scarabs eating my insides, I was scared of the rotting corpses. So we have had a rather fun unorthodox episode today in terms of
0: our <laughs> unusual uh unnatural hefty breakdowns of the movie itself and we've we've had a rather fun uh analytical and just different lens of sorts with archaeology and everything that we we went over today. Did
5: want to say I think Speaking back to the question that was already raised about like whether or not the mummy is still a compelling villain or like if the mummy can be remade in a way that's both like socially conscious and also compelling. And I do wonder if maybe, you know, the role that's fulfilled by the mummy is already populated in the current cultural consciousness by zombies, Mm, which are they sort of they operate this sort of like scared of the undead component Mm -hmm. with just sort of a totally different, but more prescient fear, which is like everyone around me except for me. It's like, it's not like I have to be afraid of this like higher power that's undead and has undead powers. It's more like Mm -hmm. everyone around me is dead. And I'm the only one that's like, it's it's an isolation narrative. Like we were talking earlier about horror being Mm -hmm. focused on isolation. And I think that the isolation of the mummy is is his own and his his separation from his one true love. And I think that, that there is existential fear in that, but I think maybe now with the direction that Western culture has gone ideologically, it's sort of hard to feel, you know, we're all so connected all the time to everything. We're so plugged into mm-hmm. information at every mo- every waking moment of the day. So I think maybe it's harder to, identify with this kind of this kind of loneliness which is like I am displaced forever or like by eons from the love of my (laughs) life I have to do everything that I can do to bring them back to me but rather like the contemporary displacement is like I am alone even though I have everything
1: I'm surrounded by communication all the time and yet I am lonelier than I've ever been Right? yeah I I can speak every language of the time yeah
2: yeah, I also uh, kind of jumping off of that, uh, comparing it to, you know, the other primary classic, you know, m- monster of all time, like uh, vampires and Dracula. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you get that kind of, you get the same isolation and you can get the same, like, distance uh, of the monster from uh, from its own culture. But uh, with vampires and Dracula, the source material, where the, they come from, it's punching up because, like, it's, like vampires come from a fear of the elite and how they mm-hmm. literally suck the life out of the lower classes um and are yeah. from europe and whereas the mummy itself it is punching down i feel like it is speaking for a culture that can no longer speak for itself because hieroglyphics were no longer used in 300 to 400 a.d so it's been a little bit removed it's been a been a while since people could even speak that language and then the modern day egyptian culture like like just leave it alone like let them figure itself out <laughs> like just don't like,
5: i think what? also like vampires have been rebranded to be sexy and cool
3: so well, like I would,
1: <laughs> I would say it's always been like that even it's like the original Bram Stoker's Dracula, because I let 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 us go to the romantic archetypes uh, idealized in these two creatures. I mean, it feels like
2: they tried with uh, this version of the mummy. I mean, damn,
1: uh, he looks well, like well, well,
4: well. Uh, Emo taps a dime piece. <laughs>
1: they <laughs> yes. cut. They cut a scene from the movie where once he is fully formed, Evelyn comments that he is gorgeous. <laughs> so, so Dracula vampires. Inherently the horror also Caramelize mummy appreciation. I know, oh, right? Come on. Uh Draculas are inherently seductive antagonists. That's the point. They glamour people. Uh they're monstrous creatures, but like even the method of their they hold very nice events. victimizing are are like definitely coded in erotic terms. Whereas in this movie, there's a very, there's a very cute scene uh, later on where the Magi and our heroes are discussing Emotep, and they're like, oh, even after 3000 years, he still loves her. It's like this man had his heart broke. He is, he's, he is like a. It's not like he's had any yeah, other uh, sensory
2: stimulation. Right. The last he's fucking been, time he
1: saw her. This, <laughs> this, is, I mean, this
4: is been eaten by beetles.
1: He is he is representing so there's, the there's the unrequited crush, you know, though, though it was but, not unrequited in his own history. They were separated by eons and by the machinations of the pharaohs. Uh, the Star-crossed so. lovers. Was exactly. Imhotep
4: and So,
1: yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. He's, no, he's a- he
5: definitely got hella laid. <laughs>
1: He's oh, okay. a, he really right, did. Yeah, he was hot. He was a necromancer going his own way. No, no, he was. He was, <laughs> 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 he was he was committed. Right. So like a vampire doesn't care about whom he seduces. He does that to feed and to sustain himself. He sees all other things as, as cattle, whereas Imhotep is true. Like it as as Zach mentioned at the beginning of this session, that from Emotep's side of the story, this is a very tragic uh story of him trying to reconnect with his, his lost love you at least right. get
2: why he's doing what he's yeah, doing.
1: Yeah he's driven he sacrificed
2: you know, his entire status his, and his afterlife.
1: There seems to be this her. implication also that yes he will consume the world in blackness and in evil. But well, you, you gotta do what you gotta but do. to him yeah, you like, know?
0: this is what I have to do to give is that truck. what he does?
1: No, I, no. he doesn't yeah. seem I mean he gets I mean,
0: robbed of it but you know
5: I do think though that there is there does seem to be Among the many sort of sequels and prequels, Mm -hmm. um, there is a trend, at least especially with Disney movies, of like the villain perspective film. So there's Maleficent. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, We are reconsidering other examples, but
0: uh, well, I mean, The Scorpion King. There's like 5 of those by the way. I mean if we're going to keep they keep it on <laughs> the mummy make it like re- the mummy returns the Well even, the, the, even the bigger enemy beca- is the scorpion king even and then they make of, the scorpion
1: king and he's yes. a good guy. Even think of 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 our boy Thanos from Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot have a villain without We can't just have a villain for villainous sake, you know. It the he boring. has he has some They're motivation um that drives him or her well, Jeez, and, and, of and here comes
2: and, and, all right, here we go. Third beer in. And here comes like a, a, how a lot of Sip these villains these ha, like these villains are relatable because so many of them are anti-capitalist or anti-imperialist. <laughs> like maybe we accidentally consume the earth in the process, but you know, Maybe you shouldn't have decide like in Thanos's thing. Like in his like little speech, right? He was butting up his against his government, which was consuming his planet, and he was right. You know, like we need yeah, to do yeah. o- about it.
1: Overpopulation was an issue right. on my planet, and right. so. And he I'm was gonna... a
2: Nazi, but like you know, yeah. What,
1: uh, but Thanos but, is
5: uh, an eco-fascist. He was exactly. He absolutely was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I just like, I just, I've been giggling to myself because I'm like, Zach, this is, this is your episode of The Mummy. And now we're talking about Thanos as an eco-fascist. Well, I, compelling villains. Sorry, Zach. No, I'm not even complaining. I'm not even complaining. I just think (laughs) it's like, it's just like, this is not how i would picture a zach episode to be like and it's just like i'm loving it like (laughs) the title of this
2: episode is thanos is an eco-fascist to this week we review the mummy um we we should
1: consider we should consider uh the tomb kings and the rise of nagash in, can i can i just can, can, can i just
0: bring it back to the mummy just a little bit and talk about my favorite character in this movie absolutely Please.
1: is it the drunk uh, you go
0: first yes I'm, it's talk the about drunk plane network. pilot man yes. he is my oh, favorite he character fucking owns- he just wants to die <laughs> like, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> like, but he doesn't really like like,
1: want to kill he that was to, my like, join exact his point. Like, Zach, yeah, he was ready to fucking die. He was I love how
0: Valhalla. they converse. They're like, they're like, he's like, "What does it have to do with your royal majesty's air force?" And he's like, "Nothing." Uh, and he just like shuts it. He's like, "What? What?" And <laughs> in,
2: in, in one perfect moment, encapsulating where this movie shines, they managed to get across that um, Jonathan and Rick somehow both know of this man to already know his stories. <laughs> right, yeah, because they're repeating like his lines, and well, so it's really uh, yeah.
0: beautiful, right? Because right. like, um, I'm sure they already know him and they like him. I'm, I'm guessing Rick served with him or, or something. something. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's just a
1: mainstay in the. But then, like, community. it's been established
0: that Evie lives there, and that's her brother, so like uh-huh. he's there all the time. So yeah, right. like they're clearly like that's the local water. <laughs> they like, know oh, he's a fucking oh, drunk. Someone spilled yeah. their drink. Definitely like, served no, in, World in World War One. You know You're talking, walking in the water fountain, dude. Yeah, he's my favorite character. I definitely um, as a yeah. child
2: like <laughs> cried whenever the, the the plane sank into the sands
1: and <laughs> they saluted him. And
2: I didn't really know why. And it was because the I was very empathetic to movie characters
1: and I still right. am. Hold up, we need like, to break down. We need to we need to talk about some issues here. Um, some serious what issues. What
2: else? I don't
1: give a shit what video games teach you. Quicksand <laughs> develops from an excess of moisture in an environment and thus is not a mainstay of desert biome. Dry quicksand has long been theorized. However, we have not seen a naturally extant source of dry quicksand. It has been recreated in a lab by aerating sand um at a certain pressure however we have never actually recorded dry quicksand okay one more classic ethan tidbit of knowledge when the mummy you know he kills the americans and desiccates them and we see their dried corpses those puppets were created and used in the classic 80s toby hooper movie life force
4: what
1: it's the same puppet yeah. yeah yeah because universal is, studios uh handy. the exact same puppets which life force is a fucking maybe we should watch that one next it's it's good it's bonkers. so
0: it's um similar to like how we were talking last last episode with uh streets of fire how they reuse a lot of set props and everything and right i was that universal studios as well
1: uh life force no Streets of I think that was go on global. Yeah, it's a canon classic. Maybe. But anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, they just had them puppets lying around. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, well, we need some, we're, and we're, it just fit. We're under over budget. I kind of it wanted to talk it.
0: about. I kind of yeah, wanted to ahead. talk about the CGI and everything. They did a lot of really cool stuff for this.
1: Movie. I know the the wall of sand with the face was like a big advertiser, and it was like a big. Mm-hmm. It was it was widely talked about in the time. You saw that a lot. Mm-hmm. popping up all over the place.
0: Well, specifically with the mummy. Because like a lot of the other stuff is like easy CGI stuff, but mm-hmm. the mummy specifically, they said that they they didn't want anything that could be done with costumes and 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 paint and everything so like there that's where they and they went in i i watched a bunch of where they were like explaining the process of what they did to do the layering of the the bone to muscles to skin and create the patches on like his face and everything and i just thought it was really cool basically. like a
2: good horror movie like the the real craftsmanship is what
0: Like, well, and they like. I learned some new stuff too. Like, they, um, I learned that there's have you, do you know, a Marquette? Um, I think it it was what it was, what they called it. And it was, I could be completely butchering that in my current state. But they basically, after like detailing and determining, uh, the the stages and specifics of the mummy, they they create these little uh, miniature modelings that Mm -hmm. have like, flesh hanging off and everything and then and then that's what the designers the visual light effects and everything the people doing the things on the computer behind the scenes like they would they would play around with those little miniature models with light and everything to to see like the colorization and everything and then, then they would apply i was just, i just thought it was like really really neat levels of of intricacy and care that you don't know about unless you look like dive in and 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 look for it
1: um, we, we would not see CGI craft to this extent until probably Shrek.
0: I mean, <laughs> I cannot
1: argue. This movie was knocked off the box office like
2: leading uh, list by uh, the Phantom Menace. So oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, let's put that <laughs> well, out you there. You
1: can't compare. Okay, <laughs> uh, I would say another unsung hero is the uh, soundtrack to this movie. The, the score. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's uh, I music. think... When ancient Egypt is represented in media, you hear either one one of two sonic architectures, if you Mm -hmm. One is uh, a lot of like – it is actually maybe Mediterranean or Turkish like folk music or like folk music from the Middle East and stuff like that. So it's sort of an an anachronization of we're using the folk music of the people who live here now to represent – a society that was completely different. The other thing you hear is a retread of the score from the mummy. It's like, so it was very influential in dictating what we think ancient Egypt sounds like in media. If you understand what I mean by there, like if anytime we see like the, we have like the vastness of the egyptian dynasty it has like the it it has a soundtrack that sounds like this
2: well there's just a lot of rhyming from the original mummy there's several examples other than like the the character names themselves like evie being a half egyptian is a a plot point of the female lead (laughs) in the 1932 mummy Mm -hmm. so that she has some sort of tie right Mm -hmm. um the music itself as ethan mentioned one of the other cool ones uh was imhotep doesn't like to be touched because of an eastern superstition oh god or prejudice uh-huh. that's that's a direct line from the 32
1: uh okay uh, basically well, he didn't he didn't want to be touched because he was all like mummy flesh grugly mumly. Yeah. <laughs> mumly gruggly yeah. mummy. i do love <laughs> i love the
4: name of the episode <laughs>
1: Grugly mumbling. <laughs> I I do love that scene because he's just chilling in his like his mask and his robe, right. like he walked into town, <laughs> you know, right. with his gloves on. I want to um, know where he got that mask because I want it. He
4: got Can it from I, the orgy and uh, uh, eyes wide Show Oh, and I, yeah, when he there visited you go, the eyes wide. there you visited, go. Just walked uh,
1: onto the Kubrick set, the mm-hmm. the Moloch tomb, you know,
2: <laughs> over in over in Newark. It was like uh, take number uh, one hundred and like. Three
1: and they just the, one of those masks when, when the sand pours through the lock, Jeremy, is that from the original movie? No. When we see the oh, rea- <laughs> see, I thought because you mentioned like there was some homages, and I thought that was one. Of, like that seems like a very nah, classic. Just- he, like
2: it is cool, right? Yeah. The the powers. It's a great. It's a great like scene. Um, the powers that Boris Karloff only has is like he can give you a heart attack uh, from <laughs> cool. a distance uh, if he's looking Fairy. at you through his uh, pool of water that like Uh reflects like a mirror and he can see Uh you from a distance and then he can scare you to death oh Um, oh, that's and uh other than that he's just really old and like he he walks with a cane and he's got like (laughs) that rigor you know (laughs) oh yeah so like
1: (laughs) very very classic yeah,
2: and so, like, I think the most fun of the 1932 Mummy, if you want to, like, go and watch it, is just, like, it's Boris Karloff looking old, like, 80% of the film, and <laughs> nobody just questioning it. They're like, yeah, he's Egyptian, it's fine. Well, he's but,
1: old, yeah, he's an old man.
2: they're, like, <laughs> yeah. they like try to shake his hand, and he's like, nah.
1: And then, and then. Yeah. Don't touch that.
2: He has, like, a, a scroll of Toth, and that's what he, like, prays to, to try to resurrect his love. And then his main power is just squeezing your heart from a distance, which is you know pretty scary if uh, as long as you're not wearing a an amulet of Isis to protect you, which is yeah. some, did uh, anyone
0: else have any gripes with how easily the mummy was killed in the ninety nine one that we're reviewing?
1: I thought it made sense. You know. He he was so used to being like uh again, words again, Four very words. much, very much Pirates of the Caribbean, right? The real issue is to make him mortal, and then you can just shoot him or stab him. You know, but yeah. It was right? Like he words. was
0: like painted as with such a broad, indestructible brush.
1: Well, it know? was it was four words in a secret book that the Bembridge scholars misread and placed in a different place.
2: How so did they know yeah. about that? Where it was at? Anyway, Holly, what were you saying?
5: I think the thing that was the most confusing to me is I was surprised that her brother could read. The hieroglyphs, Mm -hmm. like I didn't read, he seemed to me like just some kind of like a foppish dropout. Like I didn't really think that he was also an Egyptologist of any capacity. So the fact that he could read most of the inscription without any help from her, I was like, where did this come from? Why has he not been of any use for the whole rest of this movie?
0: That's a valid point. Mm -hmm. He is kind of predicated on, you know, it's like he, like they're from the area. He's half Egypt. Although obviously it's ancient hieroglyphics, it's not like common. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's I don't know. Evie maybe like has some sort of like because you know he seems like a failure in everything and desperate to try to to, oh. to find his area. So like he's he seems like he's he's. Dipped his toes into a lot of different pools. Um,
2: He managed to get an internship where he just like exactly uh, hang hang out with the Rosetta Stone for like,
0: you know, he's he's
2: the a year they're
1: the children of a famous explorer. Like, it makes sense to me. He's he's an Egyptologist too because you need that knowledge to know which, which that said, he did not know
2: what the stork meant, which is funny.
1: Oh, okay. No, to be fair, as someone who reads a pictographic language sometimes you see two glyphs that kind of look the same and you forget which one sounds like the other like that's real <laughs> just say it whenever they showed him being afraid of cats I fucking love that that's yeah. my favorite part of the movie yeah, because, because he's like, not he fully formed it's like a,
0: and it's like a like cute like little humans. cat
1: and he shows, like, distinct fear and terror at this creature. That's so cool. Why wouldn't they just carry cats with him through the rest of the movie, which would have been an amazing film? Right? Like oh, right here. Well, because right here, once, he's fully, right. once, once he's fully regenerated,
0: of the cat is mm-hmm. no
1: longer in. Once he gets that
2: works. last, last uh, American bad boy and he sucks him oh. dry. I, Run, yeah, little, I love how
0: he's fueled on America. <laughs> what? Yeah. What?
5: Contemporary what? remake of the mummy. <laughs> go, the go, only go. people who can defeat the mummy are a team of furries.
1: Yeah. Okay.
5: <laughs> they put on their cat fur suits. <laughs> hold up. Hold <laughs> up.
1: Mummy cat crossover. Cairo. <laughs> crossover between my two favorite horror genres: the mummy and cat people.